0: Hello. Okay, I'm gonna have to crouch, slouch down in order to make this, uh, this work. Um, happy holidays and welcome to another, uh, antic filled story time of something that Like just one little thing didn't go right. And that sent me on a journey in seven different directions only to come around to finally like discover and look at the actual problem that was, you know, we were investigating and like, duh, it was right there, but it's a journey, right? And in such journeys, you tend to learn all sorts of new random things, which happened. And I bumbled into all sorts of things that like, I, maybe I knew at one point, but honestly, I just don't remember. And I'm like, I swear I've done this before. No, I clearly didn't. Um, so I made all new mistakes all over again for at least the second or third time. So that was very entertaining and okay i think audio is good so let's get into this so i'm gonna have to take these off because i i can't slouch the whole time okay that's better so it's just a PTE, right? This is a simple PTE just trying to install the app in a, uh, you know, a sandbox or a, a SaaS environment just to test it to make sure it works before we try to deliver it to the customer. That's all we're trying to do. It works in dev. VS Code sends it to our Docker container just fine, tests out fine. So we deliver it to the uh, consultant and have her test before we send it to the customer. That's all we want to do. It's just a PTE, right? It is super simple, PT. Nope, what happens? Well, the extent, there's an error. And I, I didn't see this at the time. I just told, nope, it failed to install. So I said, okay, well, let me just, like obviously it works in VS Code, so let me just test it. Let me take the app file and let me test it to see if I can reproduce this error. As you know, maybe we changed a, a field and, and broke something and, it's not batware compatible. I, I don't know what we could have done. but So I go to install this very simple PTE extension in a business central environment, and I get this. I'm thinking, OK, well, I, maybe this is the same error. I don't know. But it says upload a per tenant extensions is not supported for your system configuration. And I thought, well, that's weird. It's just a PTE. I'm just... Installing an app file like why wouldn't it be supported and of course detailed information is just GUIDs and session information It doesn't actually tell you what the problem is. So I'm like, huh, I thought hmm. Well Maybe it's because this is a PTE and my environment has my um, My app source ISV license file. I thought oh, you know, may- maybe that's it right because like it's say no you have a license file with your app source object ID range and this is a PTE. Like, no, it's not supported. And yes, I know you're probably yelling at the, the computer, your phone or the podcast or whatever. Bear with me. This is just my, my very clumsy way of, of having a learning journey here. And so I was like, okay, let me go to my my new BC container script, my BC container helper script and let me remove my license file, my FLF file, because that's got my ISV number range. Well, the reason I did that is because I remembered, I actually remember random things that have very little consequence on my life, uh, but I remembered that someone told me that the test toolkit does not require a license. So it's like, oh, okay, let me just rebuild this Docker container without a license file. Because I always just include test toolkit so that it's there if I want to use it. And so uh, both Christoph and Tobias had responded to a, a separate tweet a while back saying that test toolkit now does not require any license. And Tobias says you actually shouldn't need a dev license for the toolkit anymore. Okay, so. Then I try to remove my license file. And while trying to do that and other things, I had a new sidetrack. So forget about what I was actually trying to deal with at the time. While playing with my PowerShell script, I got this error. The term image name is not recognized as the name of a commandlet function script, blah, blah, blah. PowerShell error while trying to run my new BC container script that I always run. I just had removed the license file and changed it to a different license file. Was trying different things. Can you spot the error, like the cause of the error? And again, maybe I knew this six months ago, 12 months ago, year and a half ago. I don't know. I probably have come across this. I had no recollection of encountering this error though. And I'm like, what is going on? Now if you are watching this video, you uh, instead of the podcast, you will see there is some color coding going on. You will notice that some lines are in blue and one line is in blue, but it's a different blue. So you have blue number one, dark blue, and blue number two, light blue. And PowerShell very helpfully has two shades of blue to tell you you are doing something different, wrong, whatever. So you will notice that after my dash include test libraries only, the image name parameter is light blue, whereas the other parameters are dark blue. Now, I have include test libraries only in the back tick, whatever that thing is called, and then image name parameter. But image name is in light blue. I was like, why? Like, what's going on? Well, I'm staring at that, like trying to figure out what it, what is causing this problem. And those who work with PowerShell regularly or actually remember this will know that if you have white space after a backtick, spaces, tabs, whatever, that will, I, I guess, negate the backtick and say, oh, I have a space. Therefore, I want to end this command. Oh, dear. PowerShell, PowerShell, PowerShell. I would say that goes into the worst design award like Hall of Fame. That if you have a space, something invisible, at the end of a line, it just negates the actual visible syntax of the line in the entire command. Just saying. That is a really, really bad design choice. So for whatever reason, that's PowerShell. And so I somehow had a tab or spaces or something at the end of my include test libraries only back tick line. And that put image name dash image name on a separate line or or parsed as a separate command. So don't do that now. I got a response to this saying, well, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like, several people knew this, but at least one person didn't. So hopefully this saves some time for the one or two people that didn't know this or forgot it or whatever, didn't realize it. So that was a side journey I went on. Okay, so back to the story. So what happens when you remove the FLF file from your new BC Container script even though you were installing the Test Toolkit. Because previously we saw some tweets that said the, li- the license file is no longer re- required for Test Toolkit. So I gave it a try and that does not work. Why? Well, you will get an error. It- it'll install some test libraries, but then you'll get an error. Microsoft test ERM app, your license does not allow you to publish ERM test data admin guide. And it's because I'm not including a license. So it seems a license is required for Test Toolkit because there is a catch. Further testing revealed, um, I, I had tested this before and it turns out that that didn't work. And so Christoph, uh very kindly, back in April, he did tests and he realized that there is some nuance to this. Basically, if you are doing the full test toolkit, which includes MS standard tests, you do need the license file. But if you're only installing test libraries, like whatever that means, I don't know exactly what that includes and doesn't include and what all the components are. If you're only installing test libraries, no license is required. So that's the distinction of when a you can get away with no license file. Okay, so that kind of solves that second, you know, side journey that I went on. Okay, so let's try that. Let's, uh, you know, with or without your FLF license. In this case, I added it back in because I was doing five different tests trying to figure out what's going on. I said, well, let me do dash include test libraries only because... I only want test libraries, right? Eh, wrong again, Steve. (laughs) Luke noticed. You cannot use include test libraries without include test toolkit. Come on, really? Like, how am I supposed to know that? I'm just some clueless guy trying to bumble through this. If you go to PowerShell, you pull up new BC container. Now, maybe the wizard can pick this out. I I don't recall if the wizard or if the wizard now has this option, but you'll see include test framework only, include test libraries only, include test toolkit. Like you can check one box, you can check two, you can check three. You can check any one of those. And like it doesn't error out. It'll just do dash include test libraries only. But if you actually take the time to search for this option, you will find a blog post from April of 2019, which is about 14 years ago in my lifetime. And Freddie helpfully notes, if you add dash include test libraries only, that parameter, keyword, the operative word being add, then you will only get test libraries and not the test code units so there you have it so if you want to have test libraries and if you do not want to have to supply an flf license file or don't have one then you need to do dash include test toolkit dash include test libraries only or perhaps dash include test framework only. I didn't look for that one, so I don't know what that includes, doesn't include, whether it needs a license file. I don't know. That's a separate search, right? So that's another learning journey I went on. And so this is what the corrected script would look like. Now, I have license file in this screenshot because I was just, you know, bumbling around trying to figure it out, but in theory, you could skip include license file. You could do dash include test toolkit, dash include test libraries only. (laughs) Yeah, and so Eric says, so what you're saying is that BC Container Helper should really be documented. Ideally, yes. It would be nice if there was a comprehensive documentation of the current parameters and all the gotchas around this. But I do empathize with Freddie because he's moving at 100 miles an hour, uh, Dealing with Docker desktop and all this crazy stuff Adding parameters to enhance and features And like I understand how documentation goes So in an ideal world, yes But yes. Yeah, so I don't think I would have known that on a first try for sure Thankfully Luke chimed in and pointed out um, Yeah, Steve, you're missing this So he knew, which then led me search for it Which led me to the 2019 post where it was kind of explained Anyway So then problem solved, right? I can do this and I can install my app file, right? No, no. And those who know what's going on are saying, Steve, 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 Steve. Bless your heart, Steve. (laughs) Maybe someday you'll figure it out. (laughs) So, um, yep. Upload of per tenant extensions is not supported for your system configuration, no matter what you do. And why is that? Because I was trying to install this app file, this PTE extension in my Docker container. And lo and behold, I, I should have known apparently that is a futile exercise, kind of, okay? So Christoph replied, I remember Waldo wrote about it some time ago. As far as I recall, it is not possible <laughs> to upload a PTE in the Docker container. So, you're just like it's like someone watching the kid like push on the door and it says pull, right? And I'm just trying to push, like why won't this door open? And there's a sign right there that says pull, but like the the sign is you kind of had to know this. <laughs> and Eric says Steve, Steve, Steve. Yes, I'm I'm the I'm the special child. Yes. So, bear with me, right? And so, I I I swear I had installed an app like Uplo- gone to extension management and uploaded an app and tested on a Docker container. Like I just assumed I'd done that before. Like because I know I've gone to extension management. I know I've uploaded apps. I know I've done that dozens of times to test them. But apparently I did that in a SaaS demo, you know, environment. Like I had to have because I didn't do it in a Docker environment. And Waldo kindly explains to the to the clueless me the reason why it doesn't work is that the service that is picking up the app and upload it doesn't exist in docker so it's some special like magical service that only lives in the cloud like unicorns and fairies and installs the app in a background um, this has an impact on on-prem deployment you basically can't do that because the service doesn't exist. So it affects Docker containers, it affects on-prem. And so for ALOps, Waldo and his team have created that service and enabled API app deployment, which is free for the community. And he has a blog post about it on his um, blog, waldo.be. So it is technically possible through Waldo's tool there is a workaround that he found to figure it out and I don't know if you consider that supported it's possible but you know it's really not natively supported so what I should have done from the very beginning rather than venture off on this crazy journey where I actually learned a bunch of stuff because I was clueless and I just bumped into the wall and like oh there's a wall here and I learned this stuff the hard way right Well, six hours later, maybe I should actually look at the problem that is occurring rather than going this crazy route in order to figure out what the problem is. Well, if I would have spent five minutes actually on a call with the person who who encountered the issue, I mean, she was busy at the time, so we came back to it later. I looked at this and the extension failed to be deployed successfully. Like, okay, I get that. View the error details. Well, error details only say the app or one of its dependencies does not have a version that is compatible with other installed apps on the tenant. And I'm thinking this is just a simple PTE. In this case, it's a custom API. I'm like, what dependencies does it have? Like, we don't have any dependencies except a dependency upon the API v2 extension or whatever it's called, the the standard Microsoft API. Ah, okay. I think I know what's going on here. And I said, what version is this tenant? And she said, Steve, duh, I've told you three times This is the tenant that isn't upgraded. And I'm like, but it's okay if it's on 19.0. It doesn't need to have been upgraded to 19.1 because we're like 19.0 should be fine. We're not like targeting 19.1 specifically. So like, why is this a problem? She's like, Steve, no, you do not get it. This is the version I'm on. And I'm like, what? And let me zoom in for you there. This tenant in December of 2021, is still on 18.5." I'm like, what? How is this possible? Like, you should have been upgraded a couple months ago. And she's like, I know that's what I've been trying to tell you. This tenant isn't upgrading. I'm like, I thought this was a 19.1 upgrade issue. I didn't know it was 18.5 to 19.0. It's like, why haven't you fixed that? She said, I've been trying. I've been scheduling. It It keeps failing. I'm like, oh, well, that would explain the problem, right? Because Our PTE is targeting version 19.0, like platform 8.0, I think it's called. And this is 18.5, so this now makes sense. Like, duh, I didn't have to do all these things. If I would have known this, I'd have been like, yeah, there's your problem. So strangely, because she had mentioned that to me before, I had tweeted about this. I'm like, hey, I thought it was a 19.0 to 19.1 issue. Um, So that's what I tweeted. But it turns out it's an 18.5 to 19.0 upgrade issue. And I'm not alone. Or she's not alone. Sarov tweeted on the 7th yesterday. What does this mean? Failed to update and the reason for the failures being determined. So he has a customer that this has been failing for over a month, 18.5 to 19.0. And the, you know, what's the first thought? Oh, well, you may have a customization or an extension or an ISV solution or a PT or whatever that is preventing the upgrade from occurring. Sarav replies, they do not have any PTEs or ISVs extension, which is exactly the same as this 18.5 environment that is failing update. No extensions, vanilla environment, yet it's still failing. So here we have two cases, two you know known cases where I've bumped into both of these. So I'm gonna guess there's more than a couple out there. And uh, this is, Like, uh, I think the upgrade was scheduled for today, rescheduled for today. I'm guessing it's going to fail again. So I'm going to follow up with my friend, check with her, see if it completed. But I'm guessing it failed and it's going to require support case. So if you are seeing an 18.5 to 19.0 update fail, I'm assuming you'll need to do a support ticket and figure out what's going on. Because it's strange. Whatever it is, there's no... There's no information. Maybe there's something in, if you have App Insights enabled, maybe there's some telemetry signals that are going on. But, um, yeah, like, could you decipher it? And even if you could, like, you don't have any extensions. Like, what can you do to facilitate the upgrade? Like, change dimensions or, you know, fix a transaction. Who knows? So, Anyway, that was that was the journey, all because we were just trying to release a new version of a very simple PTE. I went through all of this. So this is kind of why I don't get anything done. Like, I I, I just want to get some work done. No, that is not possible. I'm sorry, Steve you have to hit every pothole, every hurdle, every red light along your journey just to get back to the beginning and realize, oh, there's nothing you could have done about it anyway. So anyway, that is my life. So that was fun. So if you are deploying a PTE, cheers to you. Good luck with that. On a different note, totally unrelated. <laughs> so I think it was yesterday, day before, I got this notice from SonicWall, and you may know if you've seen prior live streams, I am the lucky owner of two SonicWall products, and boy, if you want to punish yourself, I mean, I can heartily recommend SonicWall Network Gear if you really like punishment. Now, on the upside, you will learn all about bugs. You will learn all about firmware issues. You will learn all about bricking your appliances, you will become intimately familiar with the SonicWall support process and how um, mediocre to horrible it is. Um, <laughs> it's not as bad as Microsoft MPN support. I I would not I, I wouldn't slam anyone that hard, but it is not great, let's put it that way. Um, not necessarily the frontline support person's fault, it's just it's just such a bug-riddled firmware uh, release process. So I got this notice that there are new um, security vulnerabilities that were found in my VPN appliance, my SonicWall VPN appliance. So it's a hardware device. And this isn't the first time. So like a year ago, they discovered some zero-day vulnerabilities in this device. And they said literally unplug it. So then they patched it, issued a firmware, I installed that firmware, and then I realized that my VPN appliance didn't work. So I'm, like, trying to reboot it, trying to figure out what's going on, had a support case, and, I like, it literally wouldn't turn on. It wouldn't boot. And it turns out there was a bug, apparently a bug in the firmware, that either physically damaged the memory or so severely corrupted the memory on the device that it was bricked, like completely bricked it wouldn't even get past the initial power on process like the fans would turn on high speed and just stay on it couldn't even get to just the initial boot process it was dead so i had to rma that device swap it out get a new one because of their firmware updates and then like okay so then they have have me install the same firmware Genius move, right? Because at the time, they didn't know that their firmware was bricking these devices. And then a couple months later, I see the firmware update come out and they have a note. Yes, may cause memory corruption preventing the device from powering on. So they're just bricking devices out there having to replace them. So then I update that firmware and there was like an interim one that I updated to. Well, same thing happened again. The device wouldn't boot, was unresponsive. Now, this time I could boot into safe mode. And so I did a support case. The guy's like, yeah, something's wrong. Roll back to the prior version. So basically I've had two firmware updates in the last year. One physically just trashed the device. The second one made the device unusable and you have to roll back in safe mode and so now they come out with this new vulnerability uh, patch, a firmware release that patches eight uh, security vulnerabilities. Now, I don't know if these security vulnerabilities are in the underlying like Linux subsystems they're using, or if they are unique to the SonicWall SMA VPN appliances and, and you know, whatever firmware uh, functionality or web, web server they're using. You know, I don't know if it's an Apache issue or what. So I need to go look at some of these CVEs and see. But, you know, stack-based buffer overflow, authenticated command injection, file upload traversal, um, confused deputy, like... Remote command execution, heat-based and stack-based. These are uh, moderate to severe uh, CVEs. So like, I need to patch. So I send a message to SonicWall Support. I'm like, okay, is this a stable release? I've had two of your firmware updates brick my device. Is this one going to brick my device as well? And of course they reply, no, we have several customers using this firmware just fine, right? just as they did when they had to RMA my entire device because it was physically destroyed. Genius. So here I go, like, should I not patch for a week or two? Should I patch and brick and RMA and roll the dice? Who knows? So that's what I get to do, like, on a Friday or this weekend um, and see what happens. So anyway, if you want some adventures, you have lots of free time that you want to burn doing some crazy stuff, I recommend SonicWall. They are a excellent source of time wastage. So, <laughs> Eric says, Steve, 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 Steve. Yes, I, like I, I feel like the court jester. Like I'm the comic relief. Like I, I seriously, I don't intend to do these things. But anyway, with that, let me crouch again. Um, I hope you have a good week and. You find a more productive use of your time uh, than I do. And uh, watch out for those PTEs. They will get you. Yep. And uh, watch out for the 18.5 to um, 19.0 upgrade issues. And yeah, have a good one. Cheers. Talk to you later.